triangulation is, is a, uh, a fundamental aspect of assessment um, that needs to be deeply understood by all teachers. But uh, triangulation doesn't only involve triangulation by mode. What I call in my work uh, an appropriate, doesn't mean equal, an appropriate balance of right, do and say. But let's back up. Triangulation also addresses frequency of assessment. So what that means is that, and, and, and the notion of evidence, a word that once again we can thank Grant Wiggins for using that metaphor, and he puts it better than anyone in terms of evidence. What assessment evidence do I need to gather to convict students of learning? I mean, it's a wonderfully powerful message, and, and, and it means it's not any 50% will do, there's critical evidence. But anyway, um, uh, triangulation uh, in terms of frequency means that we don't base uh, conclusions, particularly for summative grading and reporting purposes, on a single piece of evidence, because potentially that can be unreliable or invalid. Uh, but neither do we want to base our conclusions on everything the kids do, because we don't want to penalize students for first tries when it's a, to use a sports analogy, a tryout. When it's a practice, we don't want to penalize them because we expect kids, like athletes, in practice to make mistakes. So the notion is triangulation of summative data, and for me to have confidence uh, that you have or have not mastered a skill or have understood a concept, I need not one, not two, but three pieces of data. Uh, as I used in my session this morning, uh, the, the principle of triangulation comes from navigation and comes from many, many sources. If, if, if your mast is broken and you're in a sailboat in the middle of Lake Ontario, one piece of, uh, one reading will not enable uh, the Coast Guard to find you. Neither will two. Uh, it's better than one, but, but it's not good enough. Three data points identify where you are. That's the principle of triangulation with respect to three data points in an assessment context enables the teacher to know where the child is. I've emphasized that teachers, uh, uh, particularly in, well, across the country, uh, there's a tendency that assessment evidence in the primary grades is of necessity about observing students and listening to students. But very quickly, the focus shifts to it's all about what can you write, whether it's a test or whether it's a report or whatever it is. We need to maintain the appropriate balance of written evidence, performance evidence, and oral evidence because a lot of students I worked with through my career knew and understood far more they could, than they could show through written evidence. If we talk about, for example, uh, First Nations learners, um, they culturally uh, are often reluctant to share orally their understanding. Well, that's very important for an educator who does not come from an Aboriginal background. So. The notion of triangulation then is important in terms of frequency and in terms of the assessment mode. It's absolutely critical that we don't fall into the trap of you design individual assessments to provide evidence of individual, particularly specific expectations. It's going to lead kids to think that teaching and learning is about memorizing lots of individual factoids or whatever. So, Curriculum expectations are curriculum. What we assess is the evidence of the learning that's associated with the curriculum. This is why the backward design approach that Wiggins and McTighe advocate is critical. What is the learning that, that must stick at the end of this unit, at the end of this grade, at the end of this course? How must children be different by the end of their time with me in this mathematics program, given that perhaps they're going to forget upwards of 80% of the knowledge? So we design backwards from the essential learnings, which takes us into 
overall expectations, takes us into the achievement categories. So then teachers say to me, so what's the purpose of all of the individual expectations? Those are the, the menu that teachers must draw from according to student need. The curriculum is not a recipe to be followed in the same way for every child. The teacher must use his or her professional judgment to approach the curriculum, to engage in initial or diagnostic assessment at the beginning of the year, the beginning of a term, the beginning of a unit, to find out what do children bring to their mathematics learning, and on, on the basis of that, which of the specific expectations do I need to address with this group of students, with that group of students? All students in the class must demonstrate learning with respect to the overall expectations across all four achievement categories. But the specifics, of which there are so many, do not all need to be, quote, covered by the teacher in the same way for all students. So we do have to, and I realize I've deviated perhaps a little from the, the question of triangulation, but curriculum assessment instruction are all related, and it all is a backward design approach.